This episode of Tour Denver is brought to you in collaboration with Sunrise Robot. Be sure to visit sunriserobot.net and discover other great podcasts about the arts, technology, and culture. Tour Denver is a storytelling event created by Amber Blaze, Derek Mund, and me, Michael Edwards. Hi, I'm Amber Blaze. Tour events take place live at venues around Denver, Colorado. Each night, a theme is chosen and three curated storytellers share their tales. All of these stories are told without any written notes, with each storyteller living in the moment with the audience. See the full schedule of upcoming Tour events and listen to other episodes at RackandTourDenver.com. This Tour event took place at Fort Greene on March 8th. The topic of the event was First Muse. Our Tour this episode is River Wharton. River Wharton writes stories about his life, sometimes draws naked figures trying to cope with their limiting existence, and often encourages friends to get back in touch with their muse. River's story focused on the role of place as muse, specifically the Pacific Northwest. Let's join River as he reminisces about his time in Seattle. I grew up in the suburbs of Denver to the south in Littleton. Um, in high school, my parents moved out to Castle Rock, and I was homeschooled after that. I had always really connected with music, and after starting homeschool, I really that's all I had um, was music and myself. Um, I would kind of do my homework during the day, and at night, I wouldn't be able to sleep, and I'd go for these long drives just listening to the radio up to Castle Rock and back down to Denver, um, and then back home in the morning. And that connection with music started to get me to think about where I was going to go to college, and I really connected with Seattle. I wore a lot of eyeliner and painted my nails black, and I thought that that's like what was happening in Seattle. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I just, you know, I, I wanted the gray, I wanted the rain and the water, and uh, I eventually made my way out there. Um, in college, I finally felt like I had made it to like the big city. I was wanted to be uh, own a record company. I wanted to put musicians out, and I just kind of spent my time there, like trying to figure out who I was. Um, since I was homeschooled for so long, I didn't know how the best way to make friends was, and I started to smoke cigarettes because I thought that that was like how I could get to know people. And uh, I, I went to a Christian university and was not allowed, so we went across the street to the canal where there was this bench that had rotted wood and moss on the cement and cottonwood trees, and it always smelled like the lilac bushes that were nearby, and we would just drink coffee and smoke and talk. And I learned that, like that music that I had been listening to, I, I just really connected to things by listening and just would listen to their stories and listen to what they had to say and didn't say a lot myself and made friends just by being a ear for people to talk to. And we would go on a lot of walks at night and we would walk down the canal just to smoke and get away. and from school and we would head down this canal that headed towards Lake Union, which is what borders one side of Seattle. And we would make our way over sometimes over Fremont Bridge and 
into Fremont where we would kind of watch people go to the bars. We, I was too young to go to the bars and we would sit in the cafes and sit on these like wraparound porches and drink coffee and just kind of watch and see what was happening in the city and watch the sailboats head down and make the Fremont Bridge rise. And I just kind of knew like, like, this is it. Like, this is like the city. This is what's inspiring me. And we would walk up to like the Fremont Troll, which in, is in 10 Things I Hate About You, which is like one, was one of my favorite movies. <laughs> in fact, most of that movie was filmed in Fremont and I just like felt so special to like go to the bookstore where they like filmed a lot of the film and it was just really special. We would walk over Aurora Bridge and come back down and there was a DIY venue underneath the bridge that we would go to a lot, which was the first place I would see my idols and like I remember the feeling of Damien Drado standing behind me and breathing on my neck of like watching some random like house show and it was just like this is the city this is what was so important to me and a lot of times after that they would go back to college and I'd keep on walking down Westlake which heads along the canal and heads into the city and it's always raining. I mean, obviously, it's always raining there. It's gray skies if it's not, and everything's always wet. I never was getting wet. I was never felt wet. There's lots of trees that over like hung the sidewalks, or like we didn't wear umbrella or we didn't have umbrellas, but we'd wear like jackets. And I just kind of walk. And I remember getting down towards the city. There's this giant blue and red Pepsi sign. And I remember walking along the street and seeing it reflecting off, like, into my eyes. And I remember the funeral home that we would pick flowers out of because there was always a funeral and fresh flowers for you to just grab for free. And, like, and this, was, like this was the city for me. This was the city that I had chosen to live in, and I was really coming to know it and coming to understand it by these long walks, by moving through a place and figuring out who I was by myself. Um, I would turn in after I got to the Pepsi light and head towards the Seattle Center, which is where the Space Needle is. Um, the Seattle Center was always well lit. Never, It was never weird. I, maybe it's because I'm a guy and I didn't have to think about it, but I would just walk these streets and it was always like close to dawn, like two or three in the morning in college, not doing my homework, not sleeping, just wandering around. And I would go to this fountain, it's the International Fountain, and during the day, the fountain would spray water out um, and play like these symphonic tracks and kids would run down and get sprayed by water and run up. And during the night, the water would just constantly run in, run out and run in on itself. Um, I would sit there and listen at the edge of the cement bowl that the fountain was in and just kind of listen to that water running and I'd start to listen to the other things that made the city so real to me and I'd listen to the rain falling onto the trees and then falling onto the cement and I'd listen further out to the cars and the rubber on the street just kind of like walking or running down these streets and I remember that sound of like rubber on cement on wet cement and I'd listen to this tuba player who would be there every night practicing his tuba. Um, he played at the Pike Place Market during the day. And 
every night he would just practice his tuba, and that was like my soundtrack to my lonely nights by myself. And <laughs> it was just like weird now. And years later, I, I remember reading in the newspaper that he had been killed, and um, it, I like felt so connected to this guy who I never actually saw. I just heard him playing every night, and then like knew that he was this player that played at the market. Um, but I'd listen to the water mostly, and I'd listen to it come out and go back into itself. And I really started to have this image of, like, the city is my muse. And it wasn't until years later, after moving to Denver, I would I lived in Castle Rock again with my family, um, uh, looking for places and looking for jobs in Denver. And I would drive down really early in the morning and park my car in Baker and I would drop my girlfriend off at work at a cafe and I would nothing was open yet and I'd sit in my car and I'd tune the AM radio in between a mariachi station and a talk radio station and there's this white noise that would play and I kind of listen and that's when I realized that my muse wasn't Seattle and it's not Denver and it's not any city or place or thing but it's something that's like that fountain constantly flowing out of me and then flowing back into me. Um, and it just takes that moment to stop and listen and have that opportunity for the muse to speak to you. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Tour Denver. Visit RacontourDenver.com where you can find upcoming events, speaker bios, and more episodes. This podcast was recorded and edited by Michael Edwards of Sunrise Robot. Visit sunriserobot.net and discover other great podcasts about the arts, technology, and culture. Music